welcome to Cloudlandia. Well, I I certainly feel welcome. That's good. <laughs> yes, and I now I have a question for you right off the bat. A little bit okay. Oh, uh, you were granted six more Jackson units last night for this day, and I just hope you didn't waste them. I have put them on layaway. I have set them <laughs> aside, and yeah. I am consciously choosing not to use them yet. But you will have them in the future. I've well. got them banked. Yes. You got them banked. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to cash them in now because this is something that I would uh, gladly, if, if it's in my normal allocation. So I'm, I'm happy yeah. to to be here. Talk about the power of Cloudlandia. Um Friday afternoon, you and I were on a on a podcast, a live podcast, a very big Joe. Zoom, yes, Joe. And uh, from the time we started until the time we finished, we went up nine points on Kindle. We went from number thirty nine to number thirty on Kindle. Oh, that's great news! Isn't that great? I mean, but it's uh, interesting because uh, Kindle is sort of cloudland there. I mean, that's it. Really is, yeah. Purchasing of books in Cloudlandia and uh-huh. uh, podcasts are in Cloudlandia. Yeah, and uh, and we were from all over, and you know we were uh, you and you and Ben were probably the closest. You're just miles apart. That's uh, true. Ben and I were at least in the same. Uh, we could drive to each other. That's right. You're per- yeah, your GPS was close to his GPS. Yeah, uh, yeah, and. Uh, but uh, it was really great. And then I did one with Nick, uh, Nick Nanton, and he was close by, too. Who I can also very, drive to, yeah. Yeah, he's very far. And we did a great podcast after that, a live podcast. But I didn't see the numbers. But uh, we're doing well. Yeah, we're doing well. I bet. This one. Yeah. Well, you know, it's such a uh, such a great concept that people immediately get when you hear the words. It's almost like a I, digital concept, you know. It's yeah. almost like a digital concept. The moment I say who, not how, those words mean something to somebody. You know, uh, everybody knows what who means. Everybody knows what not means. Everybody knows what uh, uh, how means. And their brain just instantly says, oh, right. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. And uh, and uh, so anyway, it's really really interesting that it's just boom, just like that. And I was looking at some of the uh, chat comments, and people said, "Oh, golly, golly, wow, wow," you know, like that. It's yeah, it's kind of like a surprise. Yeah, yeah. And it's an insight that once you get it, you get it. You know, it's one of those <laughs> things like. Um, I was thought about Jamie Smart had a, a book called Clarity, and once you get the thought of clarity, that it's you get it. There's nothing you don't have to discipline yourself to remember anything or go through any kind of protocol to to arrive at clarity. You you understand that you uh, that you have it, and this concept is one of those things that. It's actually a directive in the in the question, right? Who, not how. It's a directive and a question at the same uh, the same time, and which is yeah, really the interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing, you know, and we should uh, 
explore this a little bit, that once you get something, you can't unget it. That's exactly right. You're changed by it once you know. Yeah. Uh huh. It's true, yeah. and that's something. That's what I mean about one of those um, those books. Now, you know, one of the things that I was trying to get people to do when they're writing books, because you know, we have our ninety minute book um, service that mm-hmm. helps people birth books, and one of the things that we get. Um, one of the things that's the biggest advantage is getting the title right and having a title that, um, you know, is crystal clear that you get what it's about. There's no, there's no wondering what the four hour work week is about or what financial peace is about. And I think who not how falls into this category of, Doing it is what it says on the tin kind of thing. Yeah, it was really interesting book titles. First of all, uh, I I just checked on Kindle and we were sort of a hot book for the week, so we yeah. were in the top ten for the week. In other words, we had emerged from nowhere and gotten somewhere in a week. And I was just looking at the ten covers of the other books and. Who not how just came off like a neon sign, you know. Yeah. It's just like who not how. And Tucker, this Tucker Max's uh, team at Scribe, uh, yeah. did it. And uh, I, I said, gee, that's just such a great way because uh, you can screw it up. You can, you know, I mean, uh, if you write it in a sentence, who I, at first I had it almost like it was a single term, you know, who not how uh-huh. with no puncture, punctuation in between. Right. And and but uh, they just did who at the top, not in the middle, and how at the bo- bottom. Yeah, and just Perfect. and it just sort of pops out. The blue was great. It was uh, a yeah. color yeah. of yellow orange on uh, a very nice blue, and it just popped yeah. up. You know, it was just, yeah. it was really terrific. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some sure. perfect symmetry, right? Three 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 letter, you know, a nine word title. <laughs> or well, nine, letter, that, but, nine letter nine letter title. But who is just how spelled back well yeah. I mean it's got the same letters. It's got the same yeah. letters, you know, who not how it's the same. Yeah, letters. yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, um feels it doesn't feel uh doesn't feel like a tsunami, but it feels like really big waves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. So it's all, yeah. it's very, uh, that's very exciting. And that's, I think the, I was trying to think about the, um, you know, the essence of what that is. I don't know what the right word for, I'm thinking about now Cloudlandia and the operating principles of, of Cloudlandia or the things that are different in Cloudlandia, um, and you know who not how is certainly one of the fundamental things that when you're tapped oh, yeah. into when you're tapped into the network you're tapped into you know unlimited capability on mm-hmm. demand at scale and that's yeah. really what um you know from the littlest thing uh, i've really and it's really just about training um yourself, you know, like I, I really, I get to the point where I, whenever I, 
even just researching something or looking at something, you know, I was doing um, a uh, doing a kind of researching, as I mentioned, about the um, Welcome to America sort of um, pamphlet that would be handed to people coming through Ellis Island. I saw that. Mm-hmm. On a no, I, I, I read it. I read it. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. You you sent it to me last uh, you know, yeah. last week, and I, I just read but it. how it's I got. To I mean, that. I mean, they they should do this uh, right now when people check in. You know, I mean, yeah. you still have immigrants. You know, that pamphlet uh, it could be reproduced today and given out, and a uh, little bit. You know, there's a bit of adjustment to from 1917 language to 2020 language, but not much. Yeah. And I was thinking about that's uh, so I, I saw that on a documentary that Philip and I are watching at, at mm-hmm. lunches now, a series called The Story of Us, which is yes. the, the story of America. Which is interesting and, because us could be the United States. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's and, US, US. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. That's funny. Uh, so I saw that, that there was, uh, they would talk about, they did have an excerpt from a pamphlet that was distributed to people arriving on Ellis Island. And yes. that, so using who, not how in my thought process, just installing this capability, I mentioned um, Get Magic as one of my capabilities that mm-hmm. I have access on tap so (laughs) excuse me rather than me using any of my units of time to go and find because we thought is well how can i find that online and instead going i've got magic and i can instruct magic to say uh i sent them one text that said um, hello, Magic. I've heard there was some sort of handbook or Welcome to America guide for immigrants arriving at Ellis Island in the 1800s. Would you please spend up to one hour to see if you can find a PDF of this or any article that may talk more about it? So that set them off into finding it. And one of the things that came back was the one that I sent you, and they've sent me since. Um, more and it's it's pretty interesting to see what you can get mm-hmm. you know in that you what you can get for um the amount of time it only took me less than one jackson unit <laughs> to get the leverage of six yeah. jackson units you know we're at least at uh you know, at the the gravity, I'm, this is where I'm exploring, Dan, is this, the principles of Cloudlandia that just like we talked about on the Zoom, that well, gravity is different, the gravitational pull. Yeah. Here's uh, using my own experience uh, to judge your project. Uh, I would get real interested in this and I would start looking and I'd be at two hours, three hours, five hours. And I said, Ah, it's not worth it. Exactly, and that's the thing. In other words, I would waste. 
I would waste five hours and then not yes. get what I was looking for. But <clears throat> right. you use you use ten minutes and you got more than you were looking for. Right. And I've also though had situations where they've come up dry too. And it's better that yeah. they spend an hour and come up dry than me, like you just said, Dan, I would have a tendency to not give up after the first hour, but I would keep going and all of a sudden we're three hours into it. Then I'd rather have them know, you know, come to the point that it's it's not gonna be easy. Uh, and either way, what they've given me is now a head start that I'm gonna have a much more fruitful two hours if I decide to go further because I've got a head start of all of the initial stuff, the surface stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. But, certainly who, not how, uh, you know, who, not how is, uh, certainly, but I was thinking, you know, I was just, uh, kind of preparing my mind for our podcast this week. And I said, mm-hmm. um, I was looking at the zoom numbers, you know, which are now over 400 million, mm-hmm. uh, daily users. And I said, yeah, I've got a, I've got a hunch here, you know, there's no way to prove it. Absolutely. I don't think uh, magic will find the numbers to this, but I have a feeling that the people who were good with mainland teamwork are also really, really good with the Cloudlandia collaboration. And Mm. if you weren't good with mainland teamwork, you wouldn't wouldn't even adapt to Cloudlandia because your attitude towards other people's abilities in the mainland would kind of block you from thinking that there's, you know, some sort of capability that you could take advantage of in Cloudlandia. Right. But, you know, I think, and but the difference is that you're not in-person teamwork kind of requires proximity and some, uh, which limits, I think, the access to uh, teammates. And that's an interesting thing that this um, gives you access to the entire world, the whole network instantly. Um, Yeah. I think, do you remember the Flintstones? I certainly do. Of course. That's that's almost like an insult. That's, Do you remember uh, a kazoo? You, you, should, you should almost you should almost apologize to me for. I'm so sorry, Dan. I'm so sorry. The uh, well, do you remember the great kazoo? That whenever they needed something, they would call on the great kazoo, and yep. he would yep. there then get them out of a jam or get them yep. the information yep. they needed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, uh, that was, uh, I mean, such a great series. You could, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, uh, today the closest we have to those type of animations back in the 50s, 60s is uh, South Park. South Park yeah. is the I closest agree. to it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, 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 and uh, you know, they, they uh, you know, they there's an impishness and uh, you can't, Kind of get a feeling that the creators are more in charge of the series than their lawyers. Yes. Well, but so um, clever. I mean, they went 100% so. for, 
They went 100% yeah. for Biden uh, for, for Biden for the election. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. But, Hold on. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, so what? You know, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, their their creativity with their series and everything. Yes. Is, uh, you know, and well, I saw uh, a 60 yeah. minutes. Um, I saw a 60 minutes uh, episode with the South Park guys. They actually create the entire show in six days. That's why they can seem so topical, like in yeah. of the moment. Um, and that was it's a it's a great story for the joy of procrastination actually because mm-hmm. they were uh when they were first doing the show they would the, the struggle was to come up with ideas and they had one time where they needed to come up with an idea they'd been procrastinating and procrastinating and then all of a sudden they were <laughs> really at the last minute and so they yeah. they took a story out of the newspaper like the headlines what was going on and they pulled it off in the last and then they had their formula and it was the most successful shows in this life well hold if we could just pull things out of the headline we could do it this quickly we'll never be short of ideas again and that was really the uh you know the three years later now or something i think that they've been going oh no crazy right longer no a lot longer south park has been since 97 i think yeah, so that's... But uh, The Simpsons has been 30-something years, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, uh, yeah, but you have to have some formula that refreshes you on a continual basis. You know, if yeah. you don't have a formula that uh, uh, co- constantly, um, um, constantly, you know, you have, have it... But it's very, very interesting. Uh, I was uh, reading an article in, uh, well, it was on, uh, it was on Zoom this, or on, uh, on the Internet. Uh, so it came up to me because I have uh, kind of news, uh, different news uh, networks, um, not ABC, not NBC, not CBS, none of the mainline, but one of them is called Real Clear Politics. And well, they're a, they're a Cloudlandia, they're a Cloudlandia uh, newspaper. And what they do, they just aggregate the best of the last 24 hours from all the world's yeah. best. Okay. I love that. And and then they and they don't reproduce anything. They just uh, uh, Link. They and, some, and some and sometimes they don't even reproduce the uh, headline in the newspaper. They'll simply give you the context of what somebody's talking about, and then you, if you press on it, you go directly to the newspaper. And some of the you know some of the publications are kind of stupid because they have a firewall. You have to pay to read the article. And uh, I say, what a bummer! They they shouldn't allow it. They they shouldn't ag- aggregate anybody uh, who comes to them uh, who uh, clicks on uh, real clear politics. That's the name of the mm-hmm. uh, the site that I go to, and it's refreshed. Uh, tw- uh, it's refreshed every day except Saturday. So you have a Saturday morning, but you don't uh-huh. get Saturday afternoon. But oh, today nice. I'll get. At three o'clock this afternoon, they'll refresh their headlines and then they'll tell me what they had earlier in the day. But here's what I would do. They can do this electronically. The, the 
publications, uh, for example, the Washington Post, the New York Times, um, um, they, they say you have to you have to sign up to read this article. And it kind of makes me negative towards them. And they should have an agreement with Real Clear Politics that any link that comes to them from Real Clear Politics is free. Mm. That would be great. No. I mean, what would they lose? What would they lose? Mm -hmm. This way, they're just ticking off. It's not like, oh, I really want to read that article. I should take a couple minutes now and sign up for, you know, and get a subscription to this paper. I said, screw them. You know, if I see right. the, that it's, if I see it's the New York Times, I don't even bother with it. I don't even bother with it. You know, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, so uh, I'm screening out now. They, and the thing is, the New York Times is arguably one of the most powerful news media in the world. And they have to compete like mad to get one of their headlines on real clear politics. I mean, they're they're up there with 25 other for the day. And yeah. almost never do they have more than one, uh, you know, one article. So here, uh, so they're the powerful mainland publication. But in Cloudlandia, they have to wait in line, take a number and hope they're good for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I wonder, you know, this the, that's one of the things of that's a who not how um principle, you know, I mean is is or a um tool is curation, aggregation. Yeah. What you're what you're going through right there is your uh you know, I subscribe to some newsletters, email uh newsletters mm-hmm. that are like that. And one of my favorite is uh, next draft by Dave Pell. And mm-hmm. Dave is a guy who I love the way he talks about it. He describes himself. He says, I am the algorithm. <laughs> and he says, if you go to his site, he basically says, I, uh, I wake up every morning. I go, I spend four hours looking at, you know, a hundred different news sites. And from that, I pluck the 10 most fascinating uh, articles of the day, and I deliver them to you with a pissy uh, summary. You know, he does, so he gives, here's one, he does his little take on it to set it up, to introduce it, and then link Mm -hmm. you to the article. And then occasionally, maybe on 50% of them, he will say, and if you want the alternative view on this, here's this, and here's another article that goes deeper on this. So 10 mm-hmm. basic topics with the main article and then a couple of supporting things. And I look at things like that as a uh, a real advantage, a shortcut. Uh, because I, once I once you have established that trust, that he is, you know, I um, like what he's, where he's pointing out kind of thing, that that's a real multiplier, a time multiplier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> we're kind of like in the first century of Gutenberg, you know, I mean, yeah. Uh, 
And what I mean, if you're 100 years after Gutenberg, 99% of the neat things you can do with printing still lie in the future. Well, I realized that when I was looking at that it was 400. Gutenberg had a good long run because it was 400 uh, years before the phonograph, which was the next thing in in the, the advancement of communicating media yeah reproducing yeah something reproducing something yeah yeah Yeah. so he had a 400 year um 400 year monopoly um yeah but it was really neat to see all the um the cascading it was actually uh, i think it was 500 because he was 1455 the actual yeah so 1455 but it was 1855 Yeah, yeah, yeah That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 400. Yeah. 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 So when you look at that, I think together, being together, we're always right. Yeah. Together, we're always right. Um, (laughs) The, you know, it was really, I'm looking at how things evolved, like out of that seed of the Gutenberg press, the next thing that came was actually uh, newspapers. Mm-hmm. came out of that 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 now wow. the ability to print and distribute uh a daily yes broadsheet and then, or whatever and, they and are that, yeah and you know just before newspapers started uh to die some of them had three editions a day they'd have morning early afternoon and um and evening you know they uh-huh. had three paper three papers you know yeah and uh Remember, well, remember the Globe and Mail when I moved to Toronto in uh, there were two. I remember that. It was the it was the evening newspaper. The Globe and Mail was the evening uh-huh. newspaper. It would come out. It would come out about nine o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and mm-hmm. it was the freshest news because they would catch the news of the day. And uh, so, and and a lot of newspapers, when you look back at their history, a lot of them had the word evening before the. Uh, you know the name of the the evening you know, the, news. Uh huh. Yeah, the Saturday Evening Post. Uh, you know the yeah. Evening Standard. The Evening Standard. Oh and, wow. Uh, and then the others were called the morning. You know they were called uh-huh. the morning. And uh, you know so that kind of tells you uh, uh, that uh, they were trying to find their niche from a freshness standpoint. They were trying to um, you know to. Well, it's funny, you know, you think about that. We had uh, just that reminded me in, in Winter Haven here in uh, Lakeland is the next town over, which is bigger. Lakeland yeah. has the Lakeland Ledger, which is the sort of Polk County newspaper of record. And then Winter Haven has the news chief. And that's the kind of East Polk uh, County. But the always joke is that the news chief in the morning, they get their news from the ledger and they just report on <laughs> They read the ledger the night before and then make a newspaper that delivers in the next morning. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's like, uh, like, it's sort of like uh, Burger King and it's sort of like uh, CBS. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so uh, 
you ask the, you know, somebody who knows the history of Burger King and the history of CBS, and they said, well, yeah. How did you do? How did you do your marketing? We said he said we we waited for McDonald's to do all that marketing, and then we just moved it next to them. Right, that's smart. CBS, CBS. If you go any place where there's a Walgreens in the United States, within sight is a CBS. They just let Walgreens do all the, the opposite corner. The they take yeah, yeah, they get one corner, and <laughs> CBS takes the other. Yeah, what a great yeah. savings. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty funny. Uh, I mean, uh, they're kind of collaborating, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But if, but, but uh, you know, it's like uh, uh, I think it's Forty Seventh Street in New York, between Sixth Avenue and Fifth uh, Avenue, is the Diamond District, and on one block, there's probably fifty, sixty Diamond stores. Oh yeah, right. The Diamond District. The Diamond District. And it makes total sense. It makes total sense that they are collaborating because yeah. uh, they're making it easy for purchasers of diamond to go to one place yeah. and get what they want and get what they want. If you don't yeah. have it, and and probably they have referrals on the street, and then the diamonds will they can niche down that they're yeah. for this type of diamond, and the guy across the mm-hmm. street is good consolidating. For this yeah, that's an yeah, interesting because you do that same thing with um, auto malls, and you see a lot of auto oh, dealers yeah. are all oh, together, yeah. and restaurant yeah. row where all the restaurants are, and yeah. yeah. The, uh, in Toronto, the uh, you know the club music, the uh, you know the club music district was always there, just south of uh, south of it's between um, Wellington. Well, and- well, it's kind of Richmond, Adelaide, and then it's yeah. the same. And they just took over these big warehouses, and they became the places where you had live music. And at their height, I bet there were 20, 25 uh, live music clubs, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, people from Toronto didn't go there. People from Mississauga went there. That's right. <laughs> the New York equivalent of the bridge and tunnel people, right? Oh exactly. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, when people live the nine oh five, the nine oh five people, nine oh fivers came in, you know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know, just my team. I've got some team members who are almost thirty years with the company, and I can remember when they first of all they lived in North York. And then, and then gradually they made their way down, and they were living in the center city. You know, they were living down near the stadium and everything. And I said, "So, do you go to those clubs? You move down so you can go to those clubs?" And I said, "Oh no, if you live in the inner city, you don't go to those clubs. It's nothing but a bunch of people from Scarborough and Etobicoke there. You know, they come from Whitby. They come from Whitby. They come from Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you wouldn't want to hang out with people from the outer." You know, from the outer <laughs> <suburbs>. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. I, I, I mean, uh, people people underestimate how much class uh, class snobism plays a part of everyday life, and yeah, plays part of what people. There's a great book by two professors, one from the University of Toronto, one from the University of. Uh, one of the university, I think it might be McGill in Montreal. And about 20 years ago, they wrote a book called Rebel Cell. And that mm-hmm. is 
that. Um, and he said that rebel controls the culture, but they don't control politics. Okay, so if you're rebelling, you don't control politics, but you control culture. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, you know, uh, you know, Che Guevara is one of the most famous cultural symbols in the world. You know, mm-hmm. you have a T-shirt with Che Guevara. Yeah, he was a complete loser. He was a complete loser, uh, you know, politically. I mean, he was driven out of Cuba by Castro. But Castro would have had him shot after a while, and then he was hunted down in South America, and he was, you know, he was assassinated or whatever it was. And uh, and uh, but culturally, I mean, politically, he was a disaster, but uh, culturally and uh, culture cultural things are a form of snobism. So, for example. Uh, you know, when Starbucks first started, um, you know, they created a niche for coffee of people who thought they were better than other people. You know, like you wouldn't drink Maxwell House if you were a Starbucks drinker. Right. You know? And that, and you look down on people, you know, uh, who who drank drip coffee. Well, I, you know, I, I have lattes, I have espressos. Yeah. You know, and every, everything like that. Just those things that are delicious to say, too, right? Yeah. The macchiato, the things that make you sound exotic. Yeah. Yeah. But once Starbucks, uh, you know, is everywhere. Starbucks is part of a gas station. You know. Yeah. There must be some other way of uh, differentiating yourself, you know. You know, it's like Whole Foods, once Amazon bought it, doesn't have the snob appeal that uh, Whole Foods had before uh, Amazon, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I've noticed real difference. You know, I, I, I I've been shopping in Whole Foods um, here in the city almost from the moment they got here, and uh, I've noticed the um, um, variety has gone down. Service mm. is still as good. I find them, you know, that. They staff seems to be just as good, but they don't have posters up uh, informing you how to be a better person anymore. They used to have a lot of new age sort of virtue signaling, right? Exactly, virtual signaling, and they they don't do that anymore. And uh, it was kind of a relief because I was getting kind of annoyed with uh, you know the. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe they do in certain places like San Francisco, mm-hmm. or, yeah, or you know Santa Monica or some place like that, but uh, not uh, not in Toronto. Is there and, a Whole Foods uh, by you, or is it the one in York? No, it's downtown. It's right in Yorkville. You know yeah, yeah. It's, it's right. I know. Right next right, to the Hazel. Right, right above yeah, it. The, yeah, yeah, Hazelton Lanes. And um, yeah. anyway, but yeah, it's. Uh, you go there, and um, you know it's great. Yeah. And they don't. Uh, one of the things they don't really, really change where things are, and I really like that in the store that they don't move things. You know, they don't ship departments or anything like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. You want you want to have it predictable. You can walk into the store and know exactly where to go. Right. To get something. Get I wonder something. how long what Amazon's plan is. Whether that will be. Um, well, things will be available on Instacart kind of thing now for um, delivery or so uh, making Whole Foods kind of accessible 
in Cloudlandia. Is that the Well, the I think plan ultimately uh, everything in the Amazon universe gets delivered, yeah. you know, gets delivered. And yeah. uh, I know um, they have, um, um, I don't know, but they're kind of boxed in where they are in that particular store. There, there's not much, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, um, I don't check in with Jeff Bezos every week to see what no, he's got exactly. mind, but, uh, yeah. But I wonder and, how uh, do you, because you're... Well, he, you're, wants to, he wants to go to Mars anyway, you know, I mean, ultimately yeah. he's going to leave us, he's going to leave us, you know. And uh, um, I noticed that uh, Elon Musk uh, just issued a document that um, if he gets to Mars first, it's going to be an independent planet that's not going to, it's not going to um, belong to Earth, so... And I said, go for it, Elon. Go for it. I said, go for it, Elon. He's claiming Mars. Is that what's happening? Yeah. 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 I I got it. I said, go for it. Go for it. That's what I say. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Well, you have more power to him. um, I just thought of something, you know, as you think about Whole Foods and the Amazon connection as essentially equipping to bring Whole Foods into Cloudlandia because it's been primarily a mainland um, place where Mm -hmm. there's, it's kind of scarce and only in certain locations. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, my thought as I was, you were describing it and I was thinking about coming into Cloudlandia with that, um, my immediate thought was about Pusateri's as an example. Which I also go to every Saturday. So I always go to Pusateri's. I get my hair cut. So I'm, you know, and uh, so I get my hair cut. I walk two I walk one block. I go to Pusateri's and then um, my limousine driver picks me up, drops me off at Whole Foods and waits for me. And then I go to the L. And then I go to the LCBO as a fourth stop if I, if I if I do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, Pusateri's uh, um, for one reason, Whole Foods for another. You know, it's yeah. kind of like uh, there are certain things that Pusateri's has that are better and fresher than Whole Foods does, but they don't have variety. Right. But premium. <laughs> premium yeah yeah and both of them are i mean you're you're paying you're you're paying extra at both stores yeah i mean exactly yeah and i wonder what whether that is you know when you think about whether that's one of the type of businesses that will thrive and maintain on the mainland as opposed yeah. to trying to make the migration to Cloudlandia. How, is that? Yeah, and think, I think uh, uh, prob- probably we're having a different kind of conversation uh, seven months into the pandemic than right. would have this time last year. Yeah. Because what do you think? Are they, do they deliver now too? I guess they have to, right? Yeah. No, they deliver. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the big the big uh, thing, as you pointed out in previous uh, broadcasts, is the last five percent, the final hundred 
yards, you know, because be surrounding yeah. them, surrounding uh, Whole Foods in Yorkville are people who live at various altitudes above the ground, you know, and it's harder. I think it's just harder to deal with um, condos and apartments than it is, you know, houses that are got a street address. Yeah, I agree with you. And yeah, it's your, right there, right there, front and center on their website. Shop, click, delivered. Explore yep. over 5,000 items. Shopped and delivered by Pusateries. Choose same day or next day delivery throughout the GTA. Wow. Yeah, well, that's a good, uh, they're going out to the 905 there. <laughs> See, <laughs> just saying that kind of endangers their reputation. <laughs> right, exactly. But it's really. 905, you mean people in 905 can, can buy the same things I can? Oh, boy. Well, for people oh, listening, we should say that if you live in Toronto, you have either a 416 or a 647 area code. <laughs> or 416 yeah. being the original. And yeah. 905 means you are in the suburbs, or 519, yeah. even worse, you're further out. Yeah, you probably have to cross a green belt to get to where you are. To get to a 519, yeah, that's, but 905, you're in the GTA, which is, uh, that's great. Yeah. It's so funny, isn't it, how these, how we cordon things off, you know, yeah, well, well, these two authors, these two professors just updated their book last year, uh-huh. and they say that uh, uh, if you're not conscious, you're in competition, hmm. which is an interesting, uh, which is an interesting, because if you're not conscious, then the world is scarcity, okay? I mean, you have to, uh, thinking the world of abundant is requires quite a bit of letting your mind range out quite a ways from you. Okay. The initial attitude I think probably in life is that things are scarce, that things are scarce. Mm -hmm. Even if you're born into wealth, uh, uh, your parents' love is scarce. I mean, your parents' love can be scarce, you know? Uh, As a matter of fact, you may not see them very often. You may not see them very often. Your parents, Mm -hmm. you know, they, uh, they've got all sorts of nannies and uh, everything. Uh, and uh, But what they say, there's three uh, main areas where humans compete. The first one is in capability, um, you know, which is completely unequal, completely unequal capability. Uh-huh. Uh, the next one is status, also completely unequal. And the third one is consumption. Um, and uh, and you vary your competition, your efforts of competition, depending on what's working best right now. And so what the um, big, uh, you know, the big um, retailers, the, you know, the big companies have gotten on is that if they go for the rebel sell. So, for example, the National Basketball Association this year went for the rebel sell. In other words, it was Black Lives Matter, and that became almost more important than the sport itself. And uh, you know, and that they would keep their connections with China uh, because that was rebellion against Trump and everything like that. 
and their you know their ratings dropped by eighty percent. The, the the NBA finals were at best a third of what um, you know, and it was a complicated year, and they had a short season, you know, and everything like that. it was all happening near you. The entire National yeah. Basketball Association was all in Orlando at the bubble. Yeah, yeah, twenty miles from you, uh, but. Uh, so they did a survey. There's this organization that does surveys where various entertainments are, where various um, um, you know sports being part of entertainment. And they found that most people now consider the National Basketball Association a political activist group that sometimes plays basketball. Hmm. And I don't think that's a good positioning. I don't think that's a good positioning statement. Right. That's interesting. But, you know, more and more true. I think that's, uh, but it's seeping into all of it. I think, I I, I kind of think that's a one way, that's a one way street that comes to a dead end. And I just think, think that's very, very, you, you probably have to back up. You know, you you can't even turn around. <laughs> right, right. Back out of that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, it's foolish. And, you know, it's why I, I don't, you know, on workshops, people ask me questions. What do you think about the election? I said, two predictions. It's on November 3rd and I'm going to vote. And that's it. But there I, we go. I don't, say, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't say a thing, you know. Right. Uh, and even if everybody totally agreed with me how to vote, I wouldn't bring it up because it's, it's, you know, it's like a third rail of the subway, you know, nothing good can come from touching that third rail, you know, Uh uh it doesn't belong. This is why people want to have borders between the dimensions of their life. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm coming into this, so that we're all united in our joy or our um, pursuit of, of being better entrepreneurs. Yeah. That that's yeah. really or what better that's mar- about. With that's you, about. with better marketers, you know, better yeah. marketers. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't want, I don't want anything seeping in from some other world. Right. Even my own world. I'm going to keep that outside of this world, uh, yeah. you know, and, my sense is that more and more individuals have to do that because the Cloudlandia doesn't do it for you. Everything's connect, everything can be instantly connected to anything else instantaneously more. Yeah. So you're going to have to develop the ability to create your own boundaries and borders between the different parts of your life. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, I think that's great. And that's, you know, there, and I wonder, no, I can't think of any situation where it would it would make sense to not uh, do it that way. Yeah. Well, first, uh, first of all, you know, when you're talking to someone, are you seeing their world just as valid as you're seeing your world? I think this is what here here's a Cloudlandia thing that um, uh, I think your world is just as unique. From the point, uh, from the center of your world, Dean, I think your world is just as unique as my world is from the center of my world. Uh huh. And yeah. my feeling, if if you don't grant that to other people, you're going to find 
Cloudlandia a really annoying, aggravating. Well, it's going to be like uh, Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be like Twitter and Facebook. Everybody's got an opinion about other people's worlds. You know, everybody's yeah. got an opinion about other people's wording. You know, everybody. Yeah, I don't want to live in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah. Twitter's down. Twitter stock is down 20, uh, 20% over the last two weeks because they refused, um, you know, uh, refused to allow any mention of a particular political event or development to appear uh, to be transported by Twitter. And um, their stock is down 20%. I bet they don't get it back, you know, like. Oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, what's the matter with you? I mean, I mean, what well, was, was you telling me about the? I mean, and that's one of the things that when social media first started up here, you know, when, when you think about what Facebook and Twitter and, um, um, you know, going Instagram, going going that way when it first started out, it was really about. Uh, I think Jack Dorsey, the guy that, that started Twitter, his whole thing was he just wanted it as a way to dispatch to your friends what was going on. He saw he was in a taxi and saw them. They had a dispatch uh, system where one person could write a message and dispatch to all the other uh, taxi drivers. And he thought, well, that would be neat to have with your among your friend group to be able to say, Hey, I'm heading over to uh, to you know MacGuffins or whatever, and that's what it uh, became. I don't think there was any way to see that it would become sort of a de facto free press <laughs> in a way, right? Well, that, that became well, the, the other the thing. Beacon. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm coming. So here's a uh, case. Um, uh, I'm coming to Florida, and I'm going to be nearby you, Dean. And you say, "Well, while, while you're down here, I've got, you know, I've got a, almost like an extra suite in my house. Why don't you and Bab stay the extra suite?" And we say, "Oh, that'd be great." And uh, we come down, but we, I bring all my siblings with me. Bab brings all her siblings, and they bring all their children, and then all of our relatives. <laughs> and uh, that, that's what social media has done. You wanted one person to come into your world, but they brought they brought everybody else that they knew into your world. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what's happening, I guess, with Twitter, right? I mean, all of a sudden, everybody. Well, involved. there's no, uh, there's yeah. no. Uh, once you've opened it up, there's there's no. Uh, you know, there, there's no, th- there's no governor on how much can come in, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, you not only get the person, but you get everything the person has been connected to for the last 50 years, you know? Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, I don't want that part of the person, <laughs> you know, and everything like that, you know, but I think it's uh, probably printing was, I mean, uh, the, uh, I think there's just a lot of, uh, you know, people live with it for a while, and then they say, for example, um, um, there's still a thing called local media in the United, United States. So there's local newspapers, 
Uh, there's uh, neighborhood uh, neighborhood newspapers like we have two in the beaches where we live. There's two mm-hmm. publications that come out. They have advertising in them, yeah. you know, and and I'm A sure weekly. Yeah. This, I'm sure this is not unusual if you go right, especially because Toronto, as one person, Dean Jackson, knows better than others. They're discrete neighborhoods, and um, you know the. Um, each of these neighborhoods, there might be 35 or 40 of them, they have kind of a unique character, and the city's yeah. done a good job of allowing them to do this. So the Trump campaign, looking at what happened to them in 16 with the mainstream media and Silicon Valley, um, has spent the last four years getting to know um, all these local newspapers. And they'll do interviews like like. Imagine this, uh, Trump does an exclusive interview with the uh, the community in the beaches. He comes to the beaches and he does an interview. Uh, do you think people would read that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So what they've, and then not all of them, I mean, they're not doing this in downtown San Francisco. They're not doing it. So they, you know, they just eliminate anywhere where they know they don't have a chance politically. And yeah. then they decide, I, they've identified the key swing states and then the key swing communities. And they've spent the last four years just uh, absolutely cultivating these people, you know, yeah. and uh, and everything like that. And he had, uh, they had something like, and then they had certain people, spokespeople that went out, you know, um, who kind of represented that group, and they'd come out and they they would work yeah. it continually and talk back and you know uh, report back and how it was. So none of this came to the awareness of the people you know who were trying to defeat. None of them understood that this was happening. This has just been revealed this last week. So it's been revealed, and they put. Five hundred million dollars into this. Really? Who did the Trump campaign? Trump campaign put five hundred million into developing. They had twenty, thirty thousand people who were out there for four years developing these local um, local newspapers. Community. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. These online newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the interesting thing is if you think you've got one one universe wrapped up hmm, there may be another universe that you're ignoring and right it it, it may act and you know so my my sense is that humans are infinitely unpredictable and infinitely unpredictable You, you say you can't do this and i was just reading an article about this young guy from germany do you remember this was around 19 87, 88, this young German, he had a pilot's license and he had the access to Cessna. And uh, uh, he flew from Sweden to downtown Moscow. He actually landed his plane in downtown Moscow. He landed at pretty close to Red Square. Uh-huh. And he went right through the entire Soviet defense system with a wow. Cessna. And uh, they send jets out to try to find uh, 
next to them, but they couldn't do anything because they you can't fly a jet that slowly. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Frustrating because he's <laughs> well, there. He is. Zoom. <laughs> hey, you. Zoom. <laughs> Oh, and, all he to, uh, and all he wanted to do was deliver a message to Secretary Gorbachev that, you know, the people from the West would like to have more contact with the people from the East. And he said, my flight is sort of a symbol of that. And that came is so Internet. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. And I said, everybody who planned the Soviet defense system going back 30, 40 years, they didn't take this particular situation into account. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness, that is hilarious. They can't slow down. I'll send you. I'll, I'll send you. I do, I've downloaded it because it's just a really interesting article of uh, unpredictable humans. You know what? Yeah. He had a he had a new capability. He had just gotten his flyer's uh, license, and he told his mother he was just going to do some flying in northern Germany. Might go to Sweden. Might go to you know, might go someplace else, but he had to get his hours in. And he said, I, so he, he was good enough that he had his uh, personal license so he could fly yeah. solo. And then he planned it all out and he removed all the, everything from the plane and put in a lot of extra gasoline and he figured uh -huh. out Moscow. And he says, probably if I can get there and they don't kill me, he says, they'll probably give me enough gas to fly back. Or <laughs> you know, right, I can buy it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and then he said, "I won't, I won't decide to fly to Moscow until I've taken off from Sweden." And he says, "A half hour into the flight, I'll decide whether I want to fly to Moscow or not." So he did that, and he was in the air. So he, you know, uh, he he had committed himself to an activity, and then he would either fly back to Germany or he'd fly to Moscow. And he says, "You know, I've gone through all this. I might as well, I might as well try it." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's what a great yeah. story. That's awesome. But it's a, but it's such a great story because that sounds like what a great movie that would make, actually. Yeah, but there's just nothing in the way that you know defense planners and the military and the political thing would ever in a million years dream up an individual would have an aspiration like this, and then he had a capability. So you know, I mean. He had an aspiration. He was an unpredictable consumer with a new capability. <laughs> you That's know? And, great. Uh, yeah. And uh, he had vision, he had capability, and he had reach. <laughs> that's the VCR formula in action. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. Well, I will look yeah, forward to reading that, uh, that article. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send it to you right afterwards. And I had, uh, I had, uh, been very aware of it when it happen, happened, but, uh, you know, the, when it happened, there was still a Soviet Union, okay? And yeah. so here we are, we're now 30, uh, 33 years since the situation and the Soviet Union has collapsed, and uh, they're using that as a sign that, uh, that you know, the, the the under theme of the article is that the Soviets were getting really sloppy and things were, you know, kind of falling apart and everything like that and uh, everything like that. But, yeah, but 
they might have shot him down five minutes after he got into Soviet territory, and you you would never heard anything about it. So yeah, right. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I love it, and it I may think have that I, with you know, I think cast. you have Who to. Knows? Yeah, I think you have to be slightly on the spectrum to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I agree. But it's, but uh, they they give a lot of his thinking. He's still alive, you know. He's you know he's in his sixties now, fifties or sixties now, and uh, he's still alive. And so they've interviewed him a lot. And he says, well, you know, he said, uh, but you can kind of tell he's got like a he's he's kind of like a single focus person. You know, he's not a yeah. person. Uh, you know, he never talks about what my family's going to think about this, what my friends are going to think. Of. He never, it never that comes into it. You can see, so he's it's kind of a guy. Gets, yep. Whoop. He just locks on and um, he said he was really scared. You know, he thought he could be killed right. at any moment, but he said he kept, you know, and they checked him out and the, there was a whole series of weird things that day, which gave him uh, luck was on his side. There was low cloud cover, and so he could fly down around a thousand feet, and oh. he couldn't be picked up. And one of the things I found out that there was this, you know, altitude with cloud conditions where Soviet uh, detective technology didn't pick up on it and uh, everything. CIA was very interested in his trip. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, right. We figured we got the loophole. That's I'm sure amazing. they did. I, I'm sure they did interviews. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really interesting. Hmm. They're blind here. They're blind here. They're blind here. And the Soviets were out of money by that time. I mean, they probably couldn't even correct the deficiencies. So I don't know if they were still shooting people and by the late '80s. You know. Oh man, that's something. Yeah. But it's a great story. I'll send it to you because it's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of insight into if an individual just decides to do do something in today's world. That's like your guy and you know the two guys, two teenagers in Amsterdam and Georgia who yeah. just decided to do something. Um, there's a lot of help out there if you have commitment and courage there's a lot of capability that will make you confident if you take this step as an individual i love it well Dan, well you know we mess around another another six jacksons another six jacksons have gone by but uh, i'm still uh, i'm still saving my my uh, allotment here my extra Jacksons. I'm saving them. But you have to do it before April because they I will. Yeah, back. I know I'm aware of that. Yes. <laughs> they I'll have a shelf life. Yes. They I'm have a shelf life. Definitely gonna use them by then. Yeah. That's funny. Okay, Dan. Well, I will no uh Yes. I'll check I in talk next to week. You. I'm, I'm next good time. To, I mean, uh, this pandemic thing is pretty good for podcasting. It really is. Next week we'll be at um, oh, the yes, annual event. Yes, so we won't be uh, able doesn't to. Mean the we following can't. week for sure. It doesn't mean we can't talk to each other at the annual That's event. That's true. That's exactly okay. true. Okay. All right. Bye, Dan. Bye.